Welcome to the Echo Flow podcast. My name is Sharap Jean and I'm the host for this new podcast. Today in this very first episode, I'm going to introduce myself, talk about the concept of Echo Flow, and explain the purpose and intention behind starting this podcast. So let's get started. For those of you who are unfamiliar with me or my work, I call myself an EcoFlow cultivator, which I'll define later in this episode. I'm also a yoga and mindfulness meditation teacher, a martial artist, an environmentalist, a social entrepreneur, and above all, just a simple homo sapien. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook at sharapjin, S-H-E-R-A-B-J-I-N, or check out my website at sharapjin.com. I cross-train in different kinds of physical practices and teach moving meditation through yoga, tai chi, and other forms of kinesthetic exercises. In the summer, I run a social enterprise called Vira Life Academy and a non-profit Spao Foundation in Ladakh, a place high up in the Himalayas of India. I started these projects with a local Ladakhi filmmaker, Stanjin Gurmet, whom I'm sure we'll have a chance to introduce in the future. Each year, we bring people on expeditions around the Himalayas to learn about the local Ladakhi culture, practice meditation and yoga, trek in nature, and engage in community service projects with the local people. Through the nonprofit, we partner with different people and organizations to develop holistic education, integrative healing, and environmental sustainability in the region. I'm also a lifelong learner with a broad interest in almost everything much influenced by my own liberal arts education. I graduated from Waseda University in Japan back in 2018 with a dual degree from Peking University, China. Since then, I've been pursuing the work mentioned above, and now I'm embarking on this new path of becoming a podcaster. The thought of starting a podcast was planted in me by a wonderful friend, Samuel, a talented filmmaker from Malaysia who helped us make a wonderful video for our Himalayan expedition last year. On the last day of our retreat, we were sitting at the balcony of our friend's house after finishing a voice-over recording for the video. As we were admiring the stars and galaxies above while listening to the quiet gurgling of stream flowing below, Sam turned to me and said, I think you should really consider starting a YouTube channel or a podcast. You have a voice and a story to tell. Really? I asked. At that time, I was a little hesitant and unprepared. I was already listening to a few podcasts like the Team Ferris show, Hardcore History, and Making Sense by Sam Harris, and thought that there had already been a great number of amazing podcasters out there. Is there really a need for an extra voice, for my voice to be heard? However, my perspective changed over time. Slowly, I came to realize that every human being is unique based on his or her own distinctive experiences and way of life. Just as a teacher of mine used to say that different schools of philosophy or religions are analogous to different flowers, the same analogy can be applied to podcasting. The colors and shapes of flowers may be different, but all of them are flowers nevertheless. The more flowers that exist in the garden, the more beautiful that garden will be. Even if there isn't any people around to admire those flowers, would the flowers care? No. Flowers are born to naturally grow and blossom. If I can provide a perspective, a story, or an inspiration that is useful and resonates with at least one single listener, and that listener could also be me, myself, then my efforts wouldn't go in vain. 
it would allow me to grow and learn something from this effort. Plus, I think podcasting today is pretty much dominated by the Western world, and there really isn't that many Asian podcasters out there. As someone with Chinese roots and a background in Southeast Asia, East Asia, and working in the Himalayas, I would love to document some of my conversations with interesting people I met around this region and share them with the world. The real psychological push to start recording came after I finished reading Seth Godin's book, What to Do When It's Your Turn, and realized that now is my turn, and it's always our turn to go out and make a difference. I first used the word echo flow when giving a workshop presentation in Tokyo last fall. Before that, I was struggling to find a term that best describes my way of life, so I ended up making this terminology. Echo flow comes from the combination of two words, echo and flow, obviously. <laughs> echo or ecology represents a harmonious relationship and love for nature, as well as my aspiration to cultivate environmental sustainability in this world. Flow, on the other hand, connotes a feeling of moving through life with focus and ease and imbued with meaning and joy. It includes the theory of flow as coined and expounded by positive psychologist Mihai Csikszentmihalyi to describe a state of complete immersion in an activity, an optimal state of consciousness when we feel our best and perform at our best. I believe that flow is a key to happiness and true fulfillment in life. During my senior year in university, I researched and wrote my final thesis paper on the topic of flow because it links and connects to everything I do and pursue from practicing yoga, intensive reading, to building meaningful relationships and starting up projects in the Himalayas. I was lucky. I discovered flow from a young age, although not knowing of the concept at that time. All I knew was that I was constantly in search of an altered state of consciousness through different fun activities and learning experiences that allow me to grow both physically or mentally. In recent years, as I became more concerned about our environment, I've also come to realize that being in flow is not only critical for the sake of one's own well-being, but also important for cultivating sustainability. This is because when we experience flow and derive joy from intrinsically rewarding experiences, we are less likely to fall into the trap of materialism. Flow can be harnessed as a means to cultivate spirituality, which naturally leads to a caring for Mother Earth and for other people around us. A return to nature and the spiritual essence within us all requires first and foremost a mastery of human consciousness. Taoists and yogis have known this for thousands of years. In traditional Chinese or Tao philosophy, the aim of martial arts training such as Shaolin or Tai Chi is to reach a state known as Tian Ren He Yi, translated as the unity of man with heaven or with nature. In yoga, the word yoga itself comes from, this, from the root Sanskrit word yuch, meaning union. By holding one's body in various poses, controlling the breath, and stealing the mind, the ultimate goal of a yogi is to reach a union between the self and the divine consciousness. Ancient sages knew that spiritual awakening requires the integration of our body, breath, and mind to reinvigorate the soul, whether it's through bodily movements, devotional chants, or simply focusing our attention on the breath for long periods of time. From a scientific perspective, when a person is in flow, the body releases performance-enhancing neurochemicals, such as dopamine, serotonin, and other chemicals that are also responsible for feelings of bliss and happiness. Whether it's engaging in an activity or living our life to the fullest, in order to be in flow, 
we need to be improving or growing all the time. This is because flow lies in a sweet spot just between boredom and anxiety. If what you're doing in life gets too easy and comfortable, you get bored. When it's too tedious and difficult, you get stressed and anxious. But if you're always being challenged and you work your way towards overcoming those obstacles, then you're rewarded with a true sense of fulfillment. This is the concept of quote-unquote increasing complexity in flow. It separates real flow from what I deem as artificial flow, such as being addicted to watching Netflix or playing computer games. The former takes on a proactive learning approach, the latter being passive and provides immediate gratification. Artificial flow can be fun, captivating, and healthy in low doses, but they don't really provide long-term satisfaction or happiness. We'll talk more about true and artificial flow in future episodes. So flow can potentially lead to two things, spirituality and a sense of fulfillment, which we can also call true happiness. The more spiritual we become, the more contented and interconnected we feel with others and the less attached we become to money and material gains. Because we can find happiness in flow, we don't need excessive material gains to fill the void within. Today our world is dominated by a system that promotes excessive consumption without taking into account our impact on the environment. As Naomi Klein wrote in her book, These Changes Everything, Capitalism versus the Climate, she said, Our economic system and our planetary system are now at war. End quote. This economic system not only destroys our planet, but also our happiness. Most people are stuck in a 9-to-5 job within the system, confined to a small working space, doing often very mundane work, and when we finally get our money, we're so the idea of buying our way to happiness. Society tells us that we prove our self-worth by having a good car, the most fashionable clothes, or new gadgets. At the end of the day, we're all burned out, and Mother Earth is dying at an unprecedented rate. The recent bushfire in Australia should be a wake-up call to humanity. In order to fight this system, I believe we first need to cultivate or recultivate flow into our life, because it allows us to gradually regain control over our psychic energy, also known as our attention. I have to say that flow doesn't necessarily lead to an echo transformation. I've seen countless students spend a huge amount of time practicing yoga in the studio and are in fact driven to yoga because of the feel-good sensations they get when in flow. But outside of the studio, they're crazy over the latest Lululemon pants and care not a single bit about the environment or about their carbon emissions. This is because they're stuck at flow only at the physical level. In yoga, we believe that each human being is consisted of at least five layers of body. On the surface, we have the physical body, but as we explore deeper, there's the energetic body which corresponds to our breath, the mental body which corresponds to our emotions, and the deeper intellectual and intuitive body dealing with our conscious and subconscious mind. At the very core of our being is the bliss body, also known as our spiritual soul. The goal of yoga is to transform all layers of our body from the physical into the spiritual. And when we achieve that, we also naturally transform our external layers of relationships with people around us and our connection to nature. Thus, an understanding of yoga philosophy and our intention of practice is as important as the physical practice, or else yoga would be regarded as just another form of exercise or acrobatics. 
But with the right intention and right understanding, any kind of exercise, even minute day-to-day -day activities, can become spiritual and be regarded as a form of yoga. Echo Flow is my hope to initiate such a transformation in myself and others. Almost all environmental activists and people I know who care deeply about the environment are extremely focused on their own work and are fueled by a strong passion to grow and contribute in this world. They are what I call echo flowers. I was very much inspired by a good Polish friend of mine, Joanna, who loves writing, teaching, listening to podcasts, forest bathing, and anything related to self-development. As someone who engages in flow all the time, she credits her transformation of becoming an environmental activist to her mentor, Professor Stanilowski in college, who taught her an inspiring class on sustainable society. Over a semester, Joanna learned about the cause and effect of climate change and the interconnectedness of our socio-economic system. A seed was planted in her to change not only herself, but also others. She now runs a website educating students in Japan about nature and climate change. If a single class on sustainability could change her outlook about our society and the environment, I hope that this podcast will bring the same perspective to tens of thousands of listeners out there. So as an echo flow cultivator, there are simply two angles that I hope to cultivate through this podcast. First, it's happiness or individual well-being through mindfulness and flow. And secondly, ecological well-being or sustainability through change in action, both on an individual level and a collective level. My wish is to build grassroots communities of echo flowers who are actively pursuing flow in their life and care for the environment. In future episodes, I will talk more about topics related to flow and sustainability, mindfulness practices, my routine in life, projects we do in the Himalayas, or things I learn in general. I'm also looking forward to interviewing other people or echo flowers who are doing meaningful work in their respective field. The podcast may at times be quite personal, as I plan to bring in some of my mentors, friends, and people whom I respect and have had an impact in my life. It might occasionally extend beyond the scope of echo flow and act as a complement to my personal blog, but I'll try to keep the overarching structure of the podcast around these topics. I might even publish a few episodes on, in other languages, such as in Chinese or Japanese, but the main medium of this podcast would definitely be in English. I'm really excited to grow this podcast, to discuss about echo flow with you and connect with listeners out there. In the next few episodes, I will define flow discuss about flow triggers on how to get into flow states and describe all the characteristics when you're in flow based on my own experiences. Stay tuned and feel free to subscribe to this podcast if you're interested in all the issues we discuss above. You can reach out to me via comments, social media, or email me anytime, and I look forward to building this podcast with you. This is Sharap Jean, and thank you for listening to the Echo Flow podcast. Let's Echo Flow. Let's Echo Flow.